Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. The following broadcast has been approved for Elite Hornets fans. What a block by Cody Zeller. Walker, down the lane, drive, shoots, scores! Game over! Bringing back the buzz was only the beginning. We will not go quietly into the night. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Welcome in, Hornets fans, to another big edition of Hive Talk Live. Hive Talk Live Thursdays brought to you by our good friends at ESPN 730. Listen, if you're not listening to ESPN 730 AM for your Charlotte sports news, Justin, I don't know what you're doing. Nah, I mean, I I think we're the best thing smoking right now. So, I mean, if you're not you got, listening... You got, not only do you have the brilliance that is Justin Thomas, Thank but you. you have Chris Allison, Bobby Rosinski, Marty Herney, you got, so many more. The, Jonathan the, Jones was the on there the other day. We're could, slowly taking over the city. Slowly, but surely. I love it. I absolutely love it. And All we're right. a part of it. That's And then that's key. I mean, it moving is. this show to Charlotte in the heart of Uptown was, I think, a, a big key as well for, for our show. So you got to be part of the community, got to be in the community, oh, yeah. and we're coming to you live. Number one source for Hornets information. Right That's here. right. We're coming to you live in the Gittimer.com studios in beautiful Uptown Charlotte. I, of course, am Doug Branson. I'm joined by Justin Thomas from ESPN 730. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. We won't be talking about... Uh, the national championship game law. Oh, oh, okay, I just talked about it a little bit. We don't have bit. to talk about it. You can just say it, though. That's fine. Now, you can listen to us live every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock p.m. right here on HiveTalkLive.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast aggregator to get these shows, uh, plus our Hive O'Clock Alarms, our weekday morning mini-podcast. Get caught up with Hornets news and analysis every weekday morning. Uh, if you uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Coming up, we've got uh, the showdown of the century. Dun, dun, dun. The debate, Justin versus Dustin. We haven't seen a debate like this since Lincoln Douglas, since Rocky versus Apollo. This is a showdown. Justin Thomas and Dustin Pfeiffer will be debating whether or not Kimball Walker deserves to be most improved player. And we'll also preview... Friday night's contest against the Brooklyn Nets, or at least what is left of the Brooklyn Nets. So let's get right into it. With that, we say, let's swarm Charlotte. Gotta, before we get into any of that, though, we have to talk about this Knicks victory. The Hornets go back to uh, doing what they do best, beating teams that are, are barely playing NBA basketball. It's something they'll need to do the rest of the way is, is beat the teams they, they are supposed to beat if they have any shot of getting home court advantage. Uh, getting the win over uh, New York, the New York Knicks, 111-97, led by Kimba Walker, 7 of 10 from beyond the arc, 34 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals. Head coach Steve Clifford, after the game, 
He was impressed with his leader. And you could tell he was disappointed uh, with how we played yesterday. And you could tell in the, uh, in the hotel when we were walking through before we came over. Uh, and he's, he's team-oriented. He doesn't care about himself, but he wants our team to win. He wants, he wants the team to win. And, and more importantly, Justin, I think he is able to he, – he understands the significance of the time and he's able to rebound from a bad performance against Toronto. And it was bad. He did pick it up in the fourth quarter in that game against Toronto. But, you know, you have to have Kimball Walker playing at the highest level if this team has any shot at uh, getting a win in, in a playoff series. Now – we could. Uh, would you like for me to say something nice about Kimball Walker or well, you, about this performance against listen, the Knicks? You, this is this is a recap. If you if you want to save it for the debate, that's fine. What what did you find interesting about this Knicks uh, this victory over the Knicks? There was one thing that, that I enjoyed, and I thought it was watching watching Al Jefferson go to work and play good basketball. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I've noticed in the two games that Al has played really well in. The last home game against Philly in this game, in the game last night, and what what I'm what I'm finding to enjoy about this is Clifford always says it: the ball has to touch the paint. And there were times where the Hornets, we all know, that take a lot of threes and shoot a lot of jump shots. The offense might get predictable, and they don't look too well. But there's times where they start to just pass in the paint just to just to let them touch it. And then there's times he can actually go to work or there's times he could pass out the double or pass to the open man or catch somebody cutting. And that gets thing going, gets things going. But outside of that, this team frustrates me to a degree because I enjoy good basketball. And there's times where I watch the Hornets and say, man, this is this is a good basketball team. I think this team could could possibly get a top four seed. And then there's times where I'm like, how do they just. It's almost like they're just lax at days ago, and then sometimes they say, "Oh, oh man, did they come? Did they come back? All right, let's fl- let's flip the switch on. Let's play basketball." And they've done that against bad teams and have been able to pull that out. But they they played slightly similar like that against Cleveland and Toronto, and they caught two L's. And, and you know, it's it's odd. I agree with you to a certain extent, Justin. But you know, we we've profiled their difficulties getting off to a start in the first quarter. In games they win, they're plus three in first quarters. In games they lose, they are minus four. So getting off to a bad start, definitely a trend this season in games that they lose. But I don't. It's weird. I don't see it as as laziness. I I, I just I see it as not having that level of intensity necessary to play elite talent because you the level of intensity they played in the first quarter of the Cleveland and Toronto game probably would have been good enough to beat the Knicks, the Nets, the Bucks, the kind of teams they've been playing. And David and I kind of talked about this in the Hive O'Clock Alarm. You almost get this sense that the Hornets are, I'd love to get their takes on this, Like it almost seems like the Hornets are just ready for the playoffs. They've been playing some subpar talent, and then they get thrown these games against Cleveland, Toronto, you know, sandwiched in there between Orlando and, and Milwaukee. It just feels like they're ready to get into a, a seven-game series with a team. And and you just hope that then, when when it's serious, when the stakes are the highest, that the Hornets can turn up the heat. Because Clifford, I would say maybe two, three weeks ago, he was saying that, you know, we want to make the playoffs. And, and seating is important. But more importantly, we want to be playing well going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah, you said I, that again last night. And yeah. I and sometimes I, I watch and and I do believe wins can be fool's gold. I think you can get away with some wins and not play well, and then you say, okay, you know, we won the game. You know, we can continue to move forward. Like if they would have played well the entire game against Cleveland and Toronto and lost, it was different because they always put together a good run. Like they put together that good run, and ultimately it's usually too late or that team is just good enough to respond. And it's like if they could just play well for. Not even 48 minutes, maybe yeah. uh, 42 I mean, minutes. And they're not really, they're beating teams that they're supposed to beat. So Correct. they're not getting these same kind of wake up calls that the Celtics and the Heat have gotten when they've, the Heat lost to the Lakers. The Celtics almost gave one away against New Orleans last night. And so you kind of need those type of games. You don't want them as a fan, you don't want to see your team. Even even play a, a team like Brooklyn on Friday, you don't want to see the Hornets play them close. You want to see them blow that team out. But sometimes you need those wake up calls. But I think you know Cl- Justin Clifford said after the loss in Toronto that the time for wake up calls, the time for moral victories, is what he said. You know, and playing and falling short, those times are over. That's called the, the old Charlotte Hornets. Um, but luckily, you know, in this game against New York, Kimba Walker and Al Jefferson stepped it up in, in a big way and brought back. Some of that old Bobcats magic. So it went from old Hornets to old Bobcats. Uh, before last night, and you talked about Al Jefferson getting back. You know, he had a really bad first half in that Knicks game, missing a lot of bunnies. Uh, you know, looked very frustrated out on the court. And, and before last night, Al Jefferson just honestly was not playing like his old self. And I'm not talking about, look, 13 and 14 was an anomaly. That was his best year by far. He was of his career. really good, but he's not even. He wasn't even playing at the same level that he played last season. And uh, you know, after the game, Al Jefferson made a pretty heartfelt admission about his play lately. Very interesting, and I want to play it for you now. Just been beating myself up lately. You know, just trying to get my confidence back and um, and get my game back together because you know it's going into the playoff times now, and um, and I need to be I need to be me. I need to be my old self and. You know, I just was telling myself, you know, just go out and do what you've been doing for years. So, yeah, I mean, he recognizes it. it it's something that he understands that, and, and you can see it on his face. He's frustrated. He's more frustrated these days about his own play more so than, than the lack of foul calls. That's normally what he's known to be frustrated about. So I went, I went and, and looked at the stats uh, especially around the paint, because I've been noticing like his mid-range game has been pretty good, and, and when he's they're able to move confidence. the ball, and yeah, he's been able to shoot the ball very well. But in the paint, he's been missing a lot around the rim. So I wanted to confirm that in the stats. And uh, let's let's go back to thirteen fourteen in the restricted area, sixty six point nine percent, fourteen fifteen it went down to sixty one point three. Post All Star break this season in the restricted area, fifty three point two percent from the field, and uh, you go back to thirteen fourteen in the paint, non restricted area, fifty one point three. That goes down to forty five point two in last season, now down to forty two point five. But as we said, and the stats confirm it, his mid range game has improved up to forty four point seven percent. So his mid range game is actually better than his you know, low block game. Do you know what I think is frustrating? Is usually the bunnies he misses are after really good moves. Yeah. Like he will put together a nice head fake or spin around and get somebody going in the wrong direction. And it's like the touch is just slightly off. Like he'll come off the ground. You're like, okay, good elevation. This should drop. And it might just front in. And you can just look in his face like, 
oh, I'm trying so hard. Yeah, and and I think I think you're right. I don't it, I don't think it's physical. I think it's more mental at this point. And Clifford, after the game last night, said that essentially for Al, in their minds, this is October, November. And he's had a couple of starts, restarts, really over the past two years. He hasn't played you know, a huge bank of games before injuries. either injuries or suspensions or, you know, you, you look and he just hasn't really been able to get into an extended kind of groove. And you saw last night the frustration when he dunked after missing a few shots early on and then he got that dunk, I think it was in the uh, near the end of the second quarter. And it was one of those situations where I've got to see this go through the hoop. You so I'm to. going to force it. You, you have to. With and the power of Thor. Do you know... I'm, I'm gonna try to segue. Do you know who needs to who needs to see the ball this go guy's through the a radio net? Professional, Jeremy Lamb. Oh, you want to talk about Lamb? I I don't even know what to say. Like I do feel like this team. Lamb, uh, bench, real quick, one of four from the field last night. Uh, four points in uh, a little under 15 minutes of action. Only one rebound. And, and you know when he's playing. Um, a guy I worked with said, man, is, is he losing confidence? There was a time where he caught the ball for a short corner three, and he hesitated to end up passing it out. And when I watch him play, he's still engaged. He's going to the rim. He's rebounding. But when it comes to shooting, like there are times he's getting open looks, and they just aren't dropping. Like There was a uh, time during the Knicks game where Clifford pulled him out, and you know, you know, Kimba's over there like, giving guys high fives, and Lamb gives him a high five back, and you can look the, on the expression of his face. He was just frustrated. Like, he's like, I'm trying everything. Because I'll say this if Charlotte can get Al Jefferson, Jeremy Lin, Lamb, and Kaminsky to play well off the bench in the playoffs, they can advance to the next round. But they need all of them working well. And Lin, Lin is, is coming back. Al, he's playing better. Spencer's finally getting his, his back going. Kaminsky gets better almost every time I see him. And Lamb is, I don't know what it's been, but I know when he had to sit down to regroup, that it weighed on him. So look, there there has been a trend this season with the Charlotte Hornets of players taking the opportunity to start and and really playing well statistically and playing well overall. And then when they head back to the bench, things start to suffer. And I think it's an issue. I think you, you see that with Jeremy Lin last night, 2 of 9 from the field after scoring 20-plus against Toronto. And he started against Toronto, went back to the bench. Frank Kaminsky has played well in his three starts. And then you can see he goes back to the bench and there's a little bit of confusion. I think there's a little bit of confusion with the bench rotation about who is supposed to be aggressive and that and I think part of that has been Al Jefferson's struggles because look if if you're Jeremy Lin or Spencer Hawes you're Jeremy Lamb or you're Frank Kaminsky you're looking at Al Jefferson going you know this guy needs seven to nine shots if if we're going to put up consistent offensive production Mm -hmm. and if he's if he's going two of nine then you know I just think there's an issue with Shifting and, and and Frank Kaminsky and, and Jeremy Lamb understanding. Okay, now it's my time to be aggressive. That wasn't an issue when Al Jefferson was out. Oh, yeah, they were then you had Super Jeremy Brothers. Yeah, so I think you know you either have to have one of two things happen: either 
Al Jefferson's game has to improve, which I, I am hopeful of after seeing him perform in that second half. You know, you hope he gets into a groove and gets back to, you know, he's open and honest about it. Now the second step is improvement. Or the second thing that has to happen is guys like Lamb and Lynn and Frank Kaminsky have to recognize early, okay, Al Jefferson's not having a great night. We've got to find some different ways to produce. Because when he was playing well against the Sixers in Charlotte, and they started doubling down on him, and he was passing, Lynn was cutting, Lamb was cutting, Frank was getting threes. Like, everything was flowing because Al was playing well. But when he's not making those shots, you know, sometimes guys aren't cutting. Sometimes guys are getting stagnant. The shots don't start to fall. And I know because when just watching Al when he plays well, the team plays well. Like they go on nice runs when he's playing well out of the post. Because when when you play out of the post with the one in four out, if the post guy's playing well, it opens up cutting, short corner threes. It opens up everything. Mm-hmm. And, and and Jefferson during these struggles in the second half of the year has been more willing to pass and pass quickly. You know that's that's what we've seen change really in Jefferson's game is that, and I don't know if it's a result, uh, if it was just a decision to do that to get better, or it's a result of the poor shooting inside. But you know he used to get that ball and and set up, set up, set up, then pass. Now you see him more often get the ball, and if the look isn't there immediately, he's passing, which you know can be good. Uh, but you know still having Al Jefferson do what he did against Robin Lopez in the second half of that Knicks game. I mean, if he can do that in a playoff game, that's a huge oh, asset. Because yeah. I think the bench will play well. I, 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 because the bench, I feel like, is the X factor. Because starters are usually good. But if you can have a strong bench, like one of the good things about Golden State is, yes, their starters are really good. But when they go to the bench, it's not a significant drop-off. Like The guys come off the bench, and they're rolling. And if the bench, because we, we talked about it early in the year, when the bench was playing well, you were like, man, Charlotte has a good start in five. The bench is playing well. They're like a complete team. And this is not the time of the year for the bench to start to, to digress with the playoffs coming. Like, it's, it's time to pick it up. So I think, and I don't even think it's more importantly about them winning the games, even though winning is important. But if you can just get guys' confidence going, like, okay, I can see the ball go through the net. I know I'm going to get good minutes. Everything else will play itself out. Well, and and here's an important point. They don't know who they're going to play in the playoffs yet. It could be Atlanta, could be Miami, could be Boston. Those three teams have something in common. They all have good bench play. They're all deep teams. So, you know, that that's that's going they have to play better if the Hornets are going to have success have to. in the playoffs. All right, now the team looks ahead to the Brooklyn Nets on Friday and Kemba Walker, he's got uh, one mission on his mind. You know, maintain our play, maintain our rhythm, um, especially heading into the playoffs. You know, we just want to want to be good, man. We we want to establish our play, establish our play, establish the way that the Hornets win basketball games, shooting threes, good defense, not not the best defense, but smart defense. Oh, that was one thing about Lamb. Uh, the <laughs> he got a uh, he induced a Steve Clifford. Very quick timeout. He went for an offensive rebound. I was like, wait a minute, why is Lamb going for an offensive rebound? It led to a transition bucket for the Knicks on the other end, and Clifford was like, all right. I love those because the look on his face, you <laughs> could just see him. Uh-uh. He, start, he starts, tw- I don't know if it's a peppermint or a cough drop, but it's one of the two. He, you can see him playing with it like, nope. All right. 
Time That's to, enough. Time to go. I can't deal with this anymore. All right. Speaking of Kimba Walker, the Hornets put the focus on Kimba Walker and with their newest ad campaign, or I don't know, you call it an ad campaign or just a, a push, a campaign for Kimba Walker to be the uh, most improved player. And if you remember, they, they've done these kind of campaigns before. Very clever stuff. Uh, Big Al's paint company, when they were trying to push Big Al for uh, the uh, uh, All-NBA team. And then, of course, uh, MKG Security last season, when they were trying to push Michael Kidd-Gilchrist for Defensive uh, Player of the Year. And so now the attention turns to Kimball Walker and his outstanding play. We are going to debate it in a moment with Dustin Pfeiffer. He is patiently waiting on the High Talk Live hotline. But first, I want to take a look at this website. I mean, what do you think of this, Justin? This is they, they keep getting better, in my opinion. They keep getting more clever. They keep I mean, this has its own website, winwithwalker.us. You can, I mean, it's its own little .us. I mean, there are all kinds of little clever things. They have a... They have these YouTube videos that are – it's all around the election year, Win With Walker. Uh, they have a campaign ad, which uh, I believe we have – yeah, we have a little clip of, of one of the campaign ads. My commitment is to you, the people of Charlotte. I will do my best to make you proud. Every so often, a candidate comes along with the power to improve himself and his community. Improvement so great that it becomes impossible to ignore. A leader so inspiring and uplifting that as he soars, he takes those around him to new heights. That candidate is Kimball Walker. Yes, he has my vote. I'm pulling the I'm pulling the lever. That by far is the best one. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the great. best one. Have you seen the video? Oh yeah, it's and great. he's like shaking hands and, and taking Kiss, pictures. He kissed uh, Troy Daniels' baby. And, <laughs> and Kimball Walker is a quiet guy, like. He's well. It's it's been a change, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I've been. I mean, look, we talk about the shot change. We talk about you know his three point improvements. We talk about uh, his pick and roll defense. But he has really changed the way he is perceived by the fans and the media as somebody who he's the post game interview guy now. That yeah. that was not the case. And he do, he doesn't dodge. He doesn't dodge no. any questions. He's he's stand up. If I'm in there at ten forty five. And the plane leaves at eleven forty-five. He will stay, even if it's two to three questions. He he will answer every this thing, single one. Even this website even has an electoral map, and you can click. I mean, look, I, like, I'm, I'm legitimately a, intrigued by this website because you, you you can click on the states, and it, it has his his stats. There's all these little Easter. I'm a I'm a sucker for Easter eggs. I guess that's why I love it because it, there's all these little little fun things. Uh, they, they did a really good job. Wow, M- MKG Security, I like that one. And when I saw the Kimball one, I was yeah, like, wow. Well, what do you think? What, rank, rank them if you can. So we've got Big Al's Paint Company, MKG Security, and Win With Walker. Rank them three to one. Big Al was, was so good in the paint that year. I'm going to have to give him number two. Win With Walker it was great because it shows his personality. And, and MKG is, a, is more of a shy guy, and it wasn't really – too much you could do with that. So I'm going to go Kimba 1, Big Al 2, MKG 3. I like that. I like the swag, too. Look at the swag that they made up for. I mean, they do a really good job. Justin, did you get any of the swag? I didn't, but I know the the station did. (laughs) You got to, yeah, hey, listen, ESPN 730 has got to toss a sticker our way or something. I don't know. This is cool stuff. I think you can sign up. If you sign up uh, as a fan, you have an opportunity to get, it's like a sticker, a poster, a t-shirt. We're not fans around here. Uh no, listen, we are we are serious. 
serious journalist. Yeah, that's, that's what I like to hear. But seriously, I want one of those stickers. They look pretty cool. Oh, I, I know you want one. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want one. There's nothing wrong with that. All right, let's uh, go to the Hive Talk Live hotline and bring in our good friend, uh, Dustin Pfeiffer, who had a great feature last week on Courtney Lee. Go check it out on iTunes. Uh, but this week he's in to... Uh, Throw throw some elbows, throw some verbal statistical elbows with uh, Justin Thomas here to debate whether or not the uh, uh, Kimball Walker deserves most improved player. First of all, Dustin, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Now this is a you know we're we're sort of uh, uh, mocking the or not mocking but uh, just parroting the presidential debates. This is a campaign for Kimba Walker. This is kind of like the vice presidential debate because I mean Kimba you know Kimba would be debating you know on his own with someone else. But um, you guys are are essentially representing the the vice presidents and Dustin. You will be representing uh, the affirmative that Kimba Walker does deserve the most improved player of the war uh, of the year award. And Justin, you will be in the negative, which I think that that fits you pretty good. No, <laughs> no, no chance, no chance. Um, okay, so I will be the the moderator, and I just want you to know that uh, I was a debate champion. Yes, I was a debate champion at UNC. So uh, that's pretty impressive, big guy. Yeah, that is impressive. Well, it was you know I also had a, a partner who I can't remember his name, so I can't uh, even see, I can't even name. Team makes the dream work. Well, yeah, I know. Um, but okay, let's uh, let's get into this debate. First question. Oh, by the way, we're going to put a Twitter poll. So go on Twitter. First of all, tell us what you think, whether or not you think that Kimba Walker deserves to be most improved player on Twitter at Hive Talk Live, and we're going to do a Twitter poll and see um, which one of these fellas you think won this debate. And uh, Dustin, I want to tell you that Justin came up with the idea to do the Twitter poll, and then he tried to take it back. He was like, oh, let's do a Twitter poll to see who wins. I was like, okay, that's a great idea. And he goes, oh, wait, no, no, don't do that because I might lose. <laughs> no, I just I just know how the fans he does, he are. He doesn't want to take the L. Yeah, Dustin, he's, he's, trying, he's already trying to dodge. He's already, he's already a pro debater. All right, um, let's get to the first question, and we'll begin with Dustin. ESPN has Kimba Walker at t- number 20 in their latest player power rankings. This is the first time that Kimba has showed up in this list at all. He's rated two spots below Isaiah Thomas. Do you think it's fair? Well, first of all, let me start off by saying, you mentioned it earlier, go to WinWalker, winwithwalker.us from the Hornets PR staff. What what a great website. It speaks for itself. I even heard Justin, my counterpart, praising it early on, so we, we know where he really stands in the back of his mind. But, you know, when you look at Kimball Walker, it's, it's, amaz- it's amazing to me that this is the first time that he's hit this list all season long because basically it goes off of each week, what kind of week they've had, how they've been playing throughout that stretch of the season. So you mean to tell me a guy that has won Eastern Conference Player of the Week, Eastern Conference Player of the Month, he, he has to wait till the end of the season to get on this list for the first time. That's unacceptable. So that's my first beef. My second beef is Isaiah Thomas. Okay, the guy's a great player. He's done a lot of good things. He made the all-star team this year. I personally think Kimba should have made it over him, but at that point, Boston had more wins, so you know how that goes. But they are very similar players. They average about the same points a game. They shoot about the same. But if you look at what Kimba's done for his team, he is the main guy. Now, yes, Isaiah Thomas says, hit some big shots and done some big things. But when you think about the Boston Celtics, they got Avery Bradley. 
They got Evan Turner. They got Marcus Smart. They got a bunch of different players. When you think of the Hornets, the first guy you think of is Kimball Walker. So in my mind, he has to be ahead of Isaiah Thomas. Justin, your response. <clears throat> Before I go any further, <laughs> I would like to say that I'm, I'm happy that Mr. Pfeiffer is on the talk basketball with us. Hope all is well. Wait, no, um, you can't start a debate by compliment. No, listen, if we've learned anything in this political atmosphere right now, you cannot start a debate complimenting your opponent. That is not the way this works. That is how it works. Now, let's get into business. We all know Isaiah Thomas should be right two spots ahead of Kimball Walker. I say that because, one, we all go down to the end-all, be-all, and that's wins. The Boston Celtics, I believe, are a better basketball team than the Charlotte Hornets. And... You know, a lot of people like numbers these days. I won't even go off a ton of numbers, but we just keep it real generic. If, if we're just looking at the, the no, overall stat line, Mr. Thomas is doing that. He, he holds the edge in that. Now, I have a lot of ammo left, but I'm going to just leave it at that. Isaiah Thomas should be ahead of Kimball Walker. And, you know, I think the guy was an all-star, so I think he's deserved it. All right, a short uh, but highly rhetorical response. Let's go to the next question. Um, Dustin, or Justin, we'll start with you. It's Justin versus Dustin. Justin, we'll start with you. You can't deny that Kimball Walker has made tremendous improvements in his game this summer. But in your mind, are there still signs of concern in his game as the Hornets prepare for the playoffs? I would say going forward to the playoffs, I would say it's his defense. He's not a bad defender. But I remember we talked, it was the Pistons game, I believe. And I was sitting there watching the game. I'm like, yo, Kimba is is really is really into Reggie Jackson. Then you shoot the text over DB and say, hey, Kimba looks really engaged on the defensive end. And that night, he played really good defense. I asked him after the game, and he said, yeah, coach got on to me about my defense, so tonight I knew I had to step it up. I haven't seen Kimba Walker play that good a defense since that Pistons game. I think he does a lot of things well, and, and he's a smaller guard, so he has to work a little bit harder. But I think if he brings that same intensity on defense that he did against Reggie Jackson that night when they won in Charlotte, the Hornets will be in good shape because he does so much on the offensive end. So I know it asks for even more to give that on the defensive end, but I see Russell Westbrook do it, so I know Kimball Walker can do it. Dustin, when you look at the competition that Kimball Walker will be facing for most improved player of the year, do you think that some defensive inconsistencies could affect Kimball Walker's candidacy? No, see, I really don't. I think it's funny that, that Justin says that when he talks about defense. I don't really remember Isaiah Thomas being a very good defensive player. I mean, he does have guys like Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart to play the defense for him. So I'll leave that at that. But look at Kimba. I mean, yeah, Justin's right. He does got a lot, That's a lot a of stuff on the offensive end. We, 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 know what, we know what Kimba can do on the offensive end and his defense. People really underestimate his defense, I think, because of his height, because of his size. But when you look at him, he's always in the passing lane. He's deflecting passes, like you said in that game against Detroit. You gave him credit for being up uh, in Reggie Jackson. So we know that he can do it, and we've seen Kimba on the biggest stage. Um, whether it's in college, whether it's on the pros with the game on the line. So I don't have any issues with Kimba coming down the stretch. I know what he'll be able to do once the big lights come on. Woo! Justin. I ain't, hey. Justin's over here sweating. I got. I think it's like cut me, Mick. Nah, hey, we're in the fourth <laughs> quarter right here, so. All right, next question. Dustin, of the popular candidates for most improved player of the year, who do you think poses the biggest threat to Kimba Walker and why do you think Kimba has the edge over that player? 
Well, you know, there, there's going to be people that throw out big names like Kawhi Leonard. Heck, even some people are throwing out Stephen Curry's name for most improved player, which is pretty incredible considering what he's doing. But the biggest competition for me for Kimball Walker is uh, Portland Trailblazers guard C.J. McCollum. I mean, you look at what he's done. Um, he's got to help that Blazers team get back in the playoffs after losing four starters on their team a year ago. He's went from averaging um, single-digit points up to almost 21 points a game, which is incredible. Um, so C.J. McCollum has made the biggest leap when you're looking at guys who wasn't even starting last year, becomes a starter this year, improves his scoring by that much. But the thing for me that's going to put Kimba over the top of this guy is when you look in Portland, the main guy you think about is Damian Lillard. He is the guy who's going to attract the most attention. He is the guy everybody talks about game planning against when you go against Portland, number one overall. So Damian Lillard is that guy that gets the most attention. When you think about the Hornets, that guy is Kimba Walker. There, he's not a B player to somebody else. Yes, Batum's a very good player, but Kimba is the A player on this team. So he doesn't have that Damian Lillard beside him scoring 30 points a night as well. So when you look at, for me, Kimba Walker, the reason he's going to take it is because he's the A guy. The stat that really jumps out for me is he's had 13 30-point-plus games this year. That ranks third in the Eastern Conference. When you look at that, I mean, that is the guy really putting his team on his back some nights. And to think about how hard it is to score 30 points in this league, the guy is really getting it done. I'm Kemba Walker, and I approve this message. Justin, your response. <clears throat> Can I ask a question? <laughs> Who? I think that's Absolutely. my job. Oh, and I have two. I have two. All right. Um, was Kemba Walker an all-star this season? He was not. Okay. Was Isaiah Thomas an all-star this year? He was. Didn't the Hornets have a really good month in the month of March? But Isaiah Thomas isn't isn't in the discussion for most improved, I don't think. I mean, I think I'm his just, teammate I'm, Jay Crowder would no, be. No, not that bum. All right, maybe not call him a bum. That was a little offensive. I'm sorry about that, Jay. I have another question. Didn't the, didn't the Hornets have a really good month of March? They had a pretty solid month. All right, well, you know who had a really good month in the month of March? That guy named Who's Isaiah that, Thomas. <laughs> Why in the month of March. In this? Let me tell you this. He averaged 25. So is, this, is this your guy for the win? Yeah, this is. This guy averaged 25.9 points a game on 45% shooting and 42% from three. You know, and the counterpart, Kimball Walker, they've played twice this year. Kimball caught two L's. Who? To Boston. Isaiah Thomas had 18 in the first meeting. 21 in the second. And then there was a guy that came to Charlotte, really good point guard. I believe his name is Steph Curry. Kimball Walker caught two L's to Steph Curry. Do you know who gave Steph Curry two dubs? His name is Isaiah Thomas. I'm actually shocked that you're going with Isaiah Thomas in this conversation. I am. I didn't even think, besides the ESPN player rankings, because they're similar players, I didn't think his name was going to be even mentioned. For player, most improved player of the year, he has to be because because I, I thought it was Cullum for a while, and then I thought it was Kimba, and then I was like, wait a minute, Kimba's having a really good year, CJ's having a really good year, and there's a guy who's taken a step this year also, in point guard, undersized, doing the same thing at a higher level, and his team is winning. I think he has a strong shot to win it, even though they'll probably give it to McCollum. But if I feel like if Brooklyn, I mean, excuse me, if Boston can get three or four, come playoff time, I think he'll get it. 
All right, let me let me, let me throw out one one extra stat here. Even Please. though I know Justin's not a stats guy, no. Let me. So there's only he Kemba Walker is one of six players in this entire league to average more than 21 points, five assists, four rebounds, and a steal. Now, do you think Isaiah Thomas is one of those other five players that are doing it? The answer is no. It's Stephen Curry, pretty good. James Harden, pretty, pretty good. good. LeBron James, I think I think we've heard of LeBron. Pretty James. good. Kyle Lowry having a great year in Toronto. Really and Russell good. Westbrook. So Kimbo Walker is in the company of those superstars of this league this year, the way he's playing basketball. That was cute. I just want him to beat Isaiah Thomas. That's all I want him to do. Well, Kimbo Walker will have an opportunity. Gentlemen, I will give you uh, 30 seconds for your closing remarks, and then I'm going to, to score this debate. Dustin, we'll start with you. Listen, the guy has done it all for this team. We know he's been the heart and soul. He's been a great leader. His shot was a little off early in his career. We know he had some things to improve on, but look at what he's done. He's worked his butt off in the gym. He's improved his shot from 35% to 42% overall this year. He's now a 37% three-point shooter this year. You can't guard him if you back off of him like you did last year. Look at that Knicks game last night. So many times they went under screens, and he just popped a three right in their face. This guy has done everything he needs to do to become most improved player of the year. And when you got guys like MKG and his security company, Big Al and his paint company, Marvin Williams, Batum over in France, everybody endorsing him, you have to vote for Kimball Walker. Win with Walker.us. Get it done. Justin, your closing remarks. <laughs> I did like that. I did like that. That was strong. When I, when I think of Isaiah Thomas... I think of I, I thought of Nate Robinson to be honest, and then I heard that he was going to the Boston Celtics. So, okay, let, let's see how that goes. And not only he he's not that guy that just comes off the bench and provides a spark. In the NBA, the point guard leads the way. You go as your point guard goes. Since the since the All Star break, this man, Mister Thomas, is averaging twenty one point five points a game. Excuse me, I said that backwards. He's averaging twenty four point five points a game, and that. And that's pretty remarkable for a guy that's 5'9". Not only is he playing extremely well, but his team is playing extremely well. The Hornets are a good story. I like Kim Walker's game a lot. But if there's a team that they don't want to see outside of Cleveland, it's Boston. The little guy, big heart. He's no longer just the guy that can fill in. He's a starter and a legitimate point guard in this league. Guarantee you, nobody wants to see Boston in the playoffs. Well, okay, time to score this debate. Uh, Justin, you definitely won a debate on whether or not Isaiah is having a great year. But, but I think Dustin proved his point uh, ab- about Kimball Walker being an improved player more than you proved the point that he has not improved Mm-mm. to the level of certain Mm-mm. other players. I mean, look, I, I respect you throwing mm. out the, 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 the argument there about Isaiah Thomas, but I don't think anyone... Uh, really has, I think it's down, probably not Crowder so much anymore after the injury, but yeah, I think I think it's still McCollum's race to lose, but Dustin, you gave some, some really good points there as to why Kimball Walker, and I, I think, you know, it, it's it's always tough to, to see or, or to speculate on how these voters are going to vote and what means more to them, uh, whether or not wins are more important or whether or not statistical production is more important or even off the court things i think just the fact that you know kimba walker has uh, become the face of this franchise i don't know if that really factors into it as as much as any of the other things 
Um, but I, you know what tips it over for me, and I I don't think it tips. I, I think this is unique to to me and a few others. I don't think that this is uh, uh, what really goes through m- most of the voters' minds. But the fact that Kemba has made the improvements w- within the playing time that he's always gotten, within the role that he's always had with this team, whereas McCollum has been given twenty plus more minutes and has been given the freedom to take as many shots as his heart desires because there is no more Nick Batum, there is no more LaMarcus Aldridge, there's nothing standing in in uh, his way, there's nothing standing in Damian Lillard's way from dominating that offense, but Kemba has so many more options now, and yet he's improved. Usually it's the other way around, right, Dustin and Justin? Like, usually you add more weapons to a team and your role shrinks. But we've seen the opposite happen with Kemba, and I think that's a testament to his improvement. I agree with that. And, and I completely agree. I, I think you put that perfectly. I mean, it's going to all be about what they look at because if you're just looking at a stats jump, then obviously nobody's going to compare to McCollum, who goes from six points a game to 21. I mean, that's just a runaway. But you have to look at who he's playing beside. An all-star or should be an all-star in Damian Lillard. And then you have to look if he's not the main focus. I mean, he's obviously a great offensive player, but if you switch roles – and put him on the Hornets where he's the number one guy, is he doing the same thing with more attention on him? So it just depends on what all they're going to look at. And I agree, Kimmel Walker, he's done whatever this team's asked him to do, even through the bad years, and he's improved, and he's showing it now, and it's paying off for the Hornets. Again, the uh, website is winwithwalker. I think you could you could interpret it either way. It could be us because he's winning uh, for Hornets fans, us, or you could say winwithwalker.us. It's a it's a double entendre. No, double and I will entendre. Have to say real quick, I do, yeah. I, I do have to agree with y'all that that is the best campaign that the Hornets have done. It's phenomenal. I do have a little bias to M- MKG because I do have an MKG security sign in my front yard, so I, you know that that was a little over the, <laughs> that put it over the top for me. But obviously, the way they did this campaign, you know, combining all the stuff in the past with Al and MKG, I mean, it was just great, and it's good to see that they get behind their players like that. Well, they're becoming the thing about them is that they are becoming more and more in depth. Uh, they they have all these Easter eggs and this whole website around it and the videos and and this is the first one that has dipped sort of into cul- the the cultural goings on with the election. You know, security that was kind of a fun take on a security commercial. Big Al's paint company was a fun take on Big Al dominating the paint, but when with Walker has this whole you know, national election theme to it. And it's really, it's interesting because it's a coordination of, because you're talking about a video team, you're talking about coordinating with getting Kimba to get on board with it and the communications part of it, the sales part of it. I mean, it's just a, it it was a, it, it had to have been a massive effort by the team to get all of those, you know, ducks in a row. So it's, it's cool. It's cool when, you know, I think David mentioned that there was a campaign back in 04 with the Mecca, like Okafor and 04 or something, and it was not. Mm-mm. It wasn't near the level of this of this uh, uh, cleverness. So, all right, Dustin, um, you won the debate. I, I have nothing to no give chance. you. No chance. No chance. I have nothing to give you, but uh, we'll, we'll accept. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a pass to come back on next week and give us some more good information. Well, I appreciate that, and Justin, I appreciate you as a, a great opponent and, and a good effort. 
hopefully we'll see how this Twitter poll turns out since it was your idea. I know I'm going to get slaughtered. I don't even, <laughs> even want to look at it. All right. Thanks, Dustin. Hey, I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Um, Thanks a lot. Well, you made the mistake early in this debate. I mean, you you were complimenting. Dustin went right after you. He was prepared to debate. You were prepared to, to write a sweet love letter to Isaiah Thomas, and that's, you know, I respect that. But <laughs> You know, it, it wasn't like – why can Steph Curry be considered for most improved, but Isaiah Thomas can't be? I I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. I think Isaiah was was playing. Certainly, he stepped up his game, but I don't think that it's at the level that I mean. He's doing similar things. He's just doing them slightly better. Whereas I think Kimba completely what. That's the same thing Steph Curry's doing. No, 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 no. Well, well, yes, and I, I think that's partly why Steph Curry won't win this award. Okay. But I think when I think of a most improved player, I'm thinking about a, a guy who had a wholesale change in either his game or his statistics or or his perception around the league. And I think Kimma Walker fits all three of those categories. And you have to give it up too to to Coach Kretzer, who who replaced Mark Price in the offseason as shooting coach, and he stepped right in there and and helped MKG for the the brief moments that we saw MKG. He, he had an improved he had an improved shot. And uh Kimba Walker obviously has improved his shot. And you know, Kimba Walker worked at this. That's a thing. That you don't want to give I don't think you want to give most improved player to a player who it, it just seems like, oh, this is an anomaly year and this is going away after, you know, and you see that all the time with like these players that come out of the D League or 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 second round picks like Richardson and and you wonder or or Sean Kilpatrick who the Hornets will see on Friday when they play Brooklyn you wonder can they keep this up? But this is a situation where it's well documented. Kimball Walker spent all day, all night in the gym, hundreds of shots every day to try to improve his basketball game. And you know, without I think without Walker. Uh, the, the Hornets would certainly... And you, you have to look at the situation with the Hornets, too. They lost MKG, and I think everyone counted the Hornets out once that happened. And no one saw this coming. No one saw this I, I huge improvement by Kimball Walker coming. You know, this is going to sound bad, but if I had a vote, I'd vote for Kimball Walker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never like, letting you debate Like, it. when you were talking, I was like... I, I didn't... I was just thinking, like... I really think he's taking leaps and bounds. To be honest, I was gonna say it when the show <laughs> went on. Like this is like this is like, like for him. this is like Ted Cruz in the middle of the Republican debate going, you know, you know, Johnny, Johnny Kasich, you're making some good points over there, and I like it. You know, like I, I really do think he's got to give it up to Kasich. Um, he's made leaps and bounds. I don't think they're gonna give it to him though, but he definitely has, has improved greatly. All right, Dustin Pfeiffer had some sick burns for you, my friend, and for Isaiah Thomas. He was dropping sick don't, burns. Hey, don't everywhere. worry, Kim was going to see Isaiah. Listen, Soon. those those were good burns by Dustin, but he has nothing on the Benel burns. On the Benel burns. <laughs> on the king of burns, and we've got another great segment of Benel burns. Let's let's hit this new music I have for it. I can't decide between a fat joke and a dumb joke. Boom, roasted. Banana, Benel burns, banana. Banana, Bunnell Burns. All right, first one. Let's relive the final four one more time with Rick and his thoughts on Syracuse again. Uh, this is a reminder. These are real tweets 
by the beat writer for the Charlotte Hornets, Rick Bennell. And they are some sick. I, I, I need to prepare you. If you have children in the room, I'm going to ask you to please turn this podcast off. These are these burns are too hot for anyone under the age of 32. All right, first one. Let's relive the final four. Thoughts on Syracuse? Bennell tweets, an orange cotton ball. What a ridiculous mascot. And I went there. Donovan, that's going to leave a mark. Boom. Take that, Syracuse mascot, you orange cotton ball. Bennell, listen, if Bennell goes there, he goes all the way. He's going in. Next one. Oh, he's got something to say for the, the NBA, inside the NBA. This tweet from Bennell. The emergency B team on inside the NBA is frankly awful. <laughs> Boom. Inside the NBA, more like lame side the NBA. Am I right, Justin? Oh, my God. Fire I... tweets. All right, last Bennell burn. This is... <laughs> Gotta get it out. This is for Nick. This is for Nick Stauskas. Here we go. Nick Scout Nick Stauskas is a shooter. Allegedly won a five from three point range. That's a sick That's burn. A sick That's burn. a sick burn. Boom. Roasted. Nick Stauskas got your Rouskas and your Blauskas. That was the best. Uh, have you ever followed NBA injury report on Twitter? I have not. That's great. That's it's good. a comedy, it's a comedy Twitter account that uh gives ridiculous reasons why players are injured. And my favorite one and producer Katie's favorite one of all time is Nick Stauskas got your Rouskas and your Blauskas. Nailed you, Nick. You got Bennell burn. Ten wins too many, I say. Rick, oh. Rick Bennell, definitely he is not on Staus or on uh yeah, on Stauskas Island with with uh our good friend Spencer Percy. Bennell is not enjoying Pina Coladas on Stauskas Island. He's not. Was uh, he invited? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I think his flight was delayed, and then ever since then, he's just he's really not been a fan of Nick Stauskas. That sounds about right. All right, that's it for Benel Burns. If you see one on Twitter, let us know. We're not always on Twitter. Sometimes we have other we have better things to do. I have well, uh, no, that's not true. I don't have anything better to do. I just don't just don't happen to be on Twitter. But definitely tweet us those uh, with the hashtag Benel Burns. And he's look. He was saucy. I'm I'm worried though. This has been a great. This has been a fun segment. But I'm worried because it seemed like Rick really got really got amped up for the for the uh, final four for the NCAA tournament. Oh, I want him to keep bringing that fire. Oh, you're gonna get blocked sooner or later. Somebody let him know. No, I what? I these I'm just I'm just sharing these great tweets. Mm -mm. What's wrong with that? Mm -mm. These are good tweets. I'm about to get you. Whatever. All right, let's uh, let's preview this Brooklyn game coming up Friday night. Hornets barely escaped with a win in their last matchup on March 22nd, needing 23 points from Nick Batum. But since then, Brooklyn has shut just about every decent asset they have down for the year, including Brooke Lopez and Thad Young. Not to mention, the Brooklyn Nets are on a six-game losing streak. They visit Charlotte on Friday, one of your final chances to see the Hornets play before the 2016 NBA playoffs. Keys to the game. What do you think? Uh, this team, Brooklyn, they've stripped away all the assets, but they still have several good young players fighting for playing time. What do you see? Keys to the game and beating Brooklyn, other than showing up. <laughs> Outside of showing up and stepping on the floor, 
I think this should be a game where they come out and just just blow them out. A, a close game is not acceptable. Outside of that, I would like to see Al have another good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without without Brooke Lopez, I mean, you expect if Al Jefferson doesn't rest, I mean, you expect him to come in and yeah, and and there's no excuses for not having a good good game without Lopez and. Hopefully Jeremy Lamb can get it going. I think this would be a good time to get Spencer Haas minutes. Let him just go out there and run around, shoot some shots, do whatever. But most importantly, win the game. But I would like to see Al, Spencer Haas, and Jeremy Lamb more importantly have a good game. I think my key to the game is going to be the same key to the game that I've had every single time they've played the Brooklyn Nets this season, and that's contain ya boy, Boyan Bogdanovich. He is the really the only player left who can consistently heat it up from deep. Washington in their in the last game that Brooklyn played, the Washington Wizards were able to contain Boyan. He was shooting two of twelve from the field before uh, the uh, interim coach Tony Brown sat Boyan. So you you know he's got to be frustrated having seen Brook Lopez, Thad Young, Joe Johnson traded away. I mean all of these guys now sitting. Boyan still got to go out there and give it a hundred percent, and and I'm sure that can be frustrating for his game. I'm still upset we didn't get a call. A call. Like they don't have anybody to play. Like they couldn't. They couldn't oh, reach out to us. Like, suit up now. That's that's what I'm saying. Not me. Like, well, it it burns. <laughs> it, it burns. I, I'm not happy about it. Uh, let's see matchup to care about. Any matchups you want to see here? I I have one. Uh, whoever guards Thomas Robinson, I'm interested in this matchup. They better strap on their work boots because Thomas Robinson. Uh, uh, the top lottery pick in, in 2012-13, the same draft as Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Uh, look, Thomas Robinson's ready to go. Listen to this quote after their latest loss against the Washington Wizards. This is Thomas Robinson. This is a real quote. We only we do we we do real tweets and real quotes and burns and real burns. All right, this is kind of a burn. It's about time I become a 20 minute plus player. <laughs> I haven't played over 13 minutes my whole career. To me, it's BS. But I'm trying to put that out there, that it's about time I become a 20-minute-plus player. Whoa, is he even that's deserving a real of 20 minutes? Well, I, I mean, that's a debate, so I, we don't want you to have that. But <laughs> I won't. That, that wasn't even funny. Like <laughs> I love you. I'm just kidding. That was not funny um, at all. Thomas Robinson, yeah, I mean, if you look... So he said, like, every time I get 20 minutes, I have a double-double. He would say that later. And if you look, uh, six out of the eight games that he has gotten 20 minutes for the Brooklyn Nets, he has, indeed, gotten a double-double. But, yeah, I mean, he has struggled. He's played with, I think, six teams in his four years in the league. Boom. Bounced around. You're throwing the B word out a lot. You're throwing the B word out there. But, you know, I that's a bad. That's a tough word. I told myself... One thing I was going to separate myself and not be you like Skip Bayless. You have to start doing the T word, trash. I can't do that. And and this Gavage. I need to I need to apologize because when I watched first take and Stephen, I mean not Stephen A. Yeah, you, you got to get that poison like, out make, of your mind. Yeah, but. say stuff like that, and I don't want to. That's a strong here's, word. Well, here's the thing with Thomas Robinson. I think is that when you read reports, I mean he wants it so bad, and I think there are certain guys that have the talent and the desire, but they just try too damn hard and he he tries a, a lot of different things on offense he's he struggles on the de- on the defensive end he's a little undersized on defense but i mean he's i think he's turning it over 
at I, I want to say two to three turnovers a game, and that's a lot for a reserve power forward. Like you just can't turn the ball over that much, and a lot of it is again offensively. He doesn't have a jump shot, so he's got to move and groove and get into the paint, and and he ends up just throwing the ball away or turning the ball over, and and that's I think. And he can't hit, and he can't hit free throws. So you look and you go, okay, big guy, undersized on defense, turns on offense, he turns the ball over, he can't shoot free throws, and he can't shoot a jump what shot. What is he good for? I mean, he's athletic. He he can rebound the ball. That's that's one thing I'll give that. I mean, he's in his last five games, he's averaging fifteen points and twelve rebounds. So he can rebound the ball. I'm just saying, whoever plays Thomas Robinson right now, whatever you think about his career right now. He's he's balling out. So you know what really grinds my gears. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears. What the athleticism talk? I've always felt like once you get to the league, everybody has some form of athleticism. Like if you notice when you watch the draft, guys are like, he's super athletic and this and that. And I'm like, just because he's athletic, don't mean he's gonna be any good. Like wait till you watch the draft this summer or even the NFL draft. They're gonna talk about how athletic everybody is. Like, dude, when you get to this level. Everybody's athletic. That doesn't mean you're going to be good. Yeah, I mean there are all kinds of buzzwords like that. So you can they point it, but word. there there is a level. I think everyone is athletic. Obviously, that makes it into the league. But there probably is a, a certain level that you go, okay, this guy is super yeah, athletic. I can agree. There with just that. needs to be a different word. I agree. I don't know what that word it. is, <laughs> but it just needs to be a different word that indicates yes, he's athletic, but he's a, another notch above athletic and great. Why is everybody great? Everybody is not great. Can guys just be good and really good? Like a like a guy can have a great season. Yeah, he's a great player. Hold on, really? You have a lot of you have a lot of verbal pet peeves. I have one solid. Don't like the word solid. Solid. Have you heard my rant on that? I don't <laughs> like. What does that mean? What does the word solid mean? Solid. He had a solid game. I have a, 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 a you no. Know, that word means nothing. Just tell me what kind of game you had. Did you did the did you feel like you shot the ball poorly? Were you not getting to the line enough? You just just, just tell me. It's it's three or four more words. I'm gonna and, say it next week. Oh, hashtag solid. I'm just not a big fan of the word solid. I just think it's just a throwaway word. Okay. A prediction for this game against Brooklyn? Anything? It should be an easy blowout. All right. It has to be. I mean, the Hornets can't drop this one. If they have any chance of getting home court, which is what the Hornets need. Very All right, uh, just a couple minutes left in this show. Time for one last thing, and it's a hat tip and a how do you do. And I have the drop. Just let me get to it. How do you, a hat tip and a how do you do? And this hat tip and how do you do goes to one of the at the hive commenters. Want to highlight one of their comments? Doc Sports Twenty Two commenting. Most important thing Al Jefferson has done in the last five games, make his free throws. He's 16 of his last 20, very important heading into the playoffs since he hasn't been shooting them very well this year. Doc Sports 22, great comment. And I looked it up. Yeah, last five, he's 80% from the line. For the season, he's only 64%. Great point, Doc Sports. When it tells you, you know, we were talking about Al Jefferson earlier and his struggles to shoot near the rim, it tells you that there's really nothing wrong with his stroke. I mean, he's he's still, it's all mental, I think. It's just, it's a it's a hair to the left, hair to the right, a little contact here. You just got, he's just got to see the ball go through the basket. But it is very, it is very important that he continues to hit his free throws because I think his ability to get to the line will be a significant factor in the playoffs if he can find the right matchup, you know, uh, especially in the first round. So, something to watch. All right, that'll do it for us Hornets fans. Thanks so much for listening to another great edition of Hive Talk Live Thursdays. 
brought to you by ESPN 730. Uh, go to ESPN730.com to listen to ESPN 730 anytime, anywhere. And you can also download the ESPN radio app and listen to it that way. So, so many ways to listen. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hive Talk Live for live game updates and more. Go to atthehive.com for all the latest news and analysis on your Charlotte Hornets. For Justin, I'm Doug saying stay bought in, stay believing. All hail the teal and purple. I'm Kemba Walker, and I approve this message. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.